Hello, and welcome to the Transportation Exchange, presented by Rush Trucksons of Canada. My name's Jason, and today we'll be talking to Antonio from Cummins. Antonio, welcome to our podcast. I thank you very much for uh, inviting me to join you today. Yeah, thank you. I'm, we're looking forward to getting a little bit of a background on yourself, um, you know, how you got into the industry, how you got to where you are today, uh, the background that comes from it from a work experience, and then dig into a bit of the Cummins history and understand their lengthy history that they have and kind of the impact they play in our world um, with regards to probably the international product that we support and kind of what's on the horizon for the future technology-wise and, and engine-based uh, technology that, that's coming down. So if you don't mind, let's, uh, let's dig into you and kind of give us a little bit of a background of how you got into the industry. Okay. Um, okay, so it, it starts back uh, when I was a teenager. I was actually working at an uh, automotive garage um, in Etobicoke with uh, one of my neighbors. He owned a little shop. Um, so I was enjoyed it a lot, had a lot of fun. So I thought, hey, this is going to be a good career path for me. So I enrolled uh, at Centennial College uh, for an automotive program. And was accepted there. And then uh, one night uh, after the acceptance, went to an orientation night with my father just to get the whole spiel at the, at the college. And uh, when everything seemed great, I was really excited about it. And when we were leaving, there were some gentlemen with a small booth. They were crawling people. If they had come into an auditorium, uh, they wanted to show them about this uh, diesel truck and coach uh, technician program. And my dad said, hey, let's go check this out. And I was, you know, eh, no, I don't think so, Dad. I'm, I'm more into cars. Cars are cool. I don't think about trucks. Uh, it's not really my cup of tea. He goes, oh, let's just go check it out. We're already here, right? So we, we did it, and it was, they impressed us. It was it was a pretty neat little program, and it was a guaranteed a job, and you're done. It was free tuition as well. So a lot of benefits, um, but, you know, still, uh, you know, being a, uh, an angsty teenager, I still was set in my ways. It's uh, what, I, what I'd really wanted to do. And, you know, he just kind of said to me, you know, listen, if you do it for a year, um, and you don't like it, you just go back to the automotive thing and carry on. Uh, but if you do like it, who knows where it's going to take you. So at some point in your life, you got to start listening to your father. And I picked then, I guess. And uh, so uh, the program was incredible. Um, there were some great work weeks. So I got to go and work uh, at a couple of truck dealerships um, and fleets um, within the GTA, which, is, uh, which was some great experience. And then so I basically started my apprenticeship then uh, f- to become a 310T uh, licensed diesel truck and coach technician. Um, I did the majority of my apprenticeship at a small uh, rental and leasing organization in uh, Mississauga. And then uh, from there, um, I, I went to another organization that does uh, rental leasing as well as a foreman. And I spent about almost 10 years there as a foreman and then into a service manager. I had a lot of great experience in learning uh, kind of the ins and outs of fleet. Um, and then uh, an opportunity came up in 2012, uh, to go work at a dealership, um, in, uh, in Mississauga, again, in the Dixie and 401 area, I was where I've kind of spent my entire uh, career. Um, so it was, it was to go there and work on or manage their internal fleet. Um, so I joined there and it was, it was pretty cool cause I had an opportunity to see a bit more of the retail side where I'd really only been fixed on the fleet side. Um, and then later with that dealer group, I, I changed, uh, changed tasks and I was, um, a fleet service manager and that was basically, um, supporting both, uh, the, f- um, service departments and the sales departments, uh, with the larger fleets that were, uh, purchasing from that dealership. And that gave me, you know, more exposure to retail, but it also, uh, gave me the ability to, uh, go and have some face-to-face customer interactions with, with higher level people that I really wasn't used to. So, um, Definitely learned a lot there. It was a uh, um, lot of lot of lot of uh, hard work, a lot of late nights, but uh, um, 
definitely learned a, a lot at that uh, at that um, organization. Um, and then an opportunity came up in 2017 uh, with Cummins, and uh, you know, first engine I'd ever worked on that was you know any sort of substantial work was a Cummins. So you know, I'd seen you know I'd seen the products been around the products uh, you know for a good handful of years, and uh, the role seemed like it fit really well. So I jumped on board in 20, uh, uh, August of 2017. So I've been there for almost two and a half years now. So basically, my role as a, a territory account executive is to uh, is to support uh, both dealerships and uh, and as well as fleets, um, not just on new engine and new product, but also existing uh, equipment that is out there um, in the field of working today. I think that's an interesting story because you know a lot of times you have reps, you know, like myself or other people who have had different roles, but not always heavily into the actual product and your story is great because you know almost since you, you could be involved in, in something mechanical you're into it mm-hmm. and so at the level you're at now interacting you said with with fleets with dealerships from the sales support side it's great because you understand you know how to communicate to them you know what they're looking for but then you can get right into the garage and sit there and, and pull something apart off an engine and be right in the same language and tune with the mechanic and i think that's yeah it's invaluable for you know for companies such as comes to have you out there but I think just understanding the product, be able to support it, it, you know, that that's huge. And the part that was interesting as you go through it all that I found interesting was, you know, you started off mechanically in the auto side and that's kind of, I think where everyone ventures to, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you play with your cars, you tune it, you do all stuff. And I don't think our whole world is overly well known to a lot of guys that there's a huge career here in, in the heavy side that you just need to kind of get away from your car and go into a different path of it. Um, but then look where it led you, right? You know, it, it took you beyond, you know, the garage, which is, which is interesting. I don't think, you know, if you told your 18 year old self back then, Hey, this is where you're going to be in, you know, 15, 20 years, you wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But the nice part is being able to tell this story is it, it, it gives you different paths outside of just, you know, one role. And sometimes that role is perfect. That's what you want. But now it just opens up the door to a lot of people who don't realize, Hey, that, that training can open this, 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 you know, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's tons of opportunity in the industry, whether it be, you know, parts or service or sales, dispatch, uh, warehouse distribution. There, there's lots of opportunity for, for people to get into it. Yeah, and I, that's definitely, I think, been a challenging industry is getting that word out to the schools and show them, hey, here's a path that guarantees you a career and a long career and definitely, you know, a very versatile career if you choose to go that route. And and as you did choose that route, it brought you to the world that is Cummins today. And they're a fascinating story too. I mean, I, I don't think we realize how old a lot of technology is, but I don't think we realize how old some of these companies are, you know, and this is a company going back to, you know, 1919. So you're, you know, it's, it's over a hundred years old. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, last year we, in March, we celebrated our 100th birthday. So we've been uh, in the engine business uh, for a full century, which is kind of a unique to be a part of that. Um, you know, Founded and based in Columbus, Indiana. Um, it is a global company, though, so we employ just under 70,000 employees. Um, and that's not just in the on-highway market that you and I are used to. Um, that also captures, um, you know, off-highway and construction, rail, marine, uh, power generation, um, whether it be stand, span, stand, span, standby or uh, mobile. Um, and then also, you know, we're used to diesel power as well, but we're also um, heavily involved in natural gas. And then we're looking in towards the future. So that'd be electrification. And as also we've made some significant investments um, in hydrogen power. And that's, that's the part I always found remarkable because you see, you know, Cummins on the side of, you know, our trucks, smaller trucks, and you just equate it to engine, engine, engine. And then 
I know from, you know, the presentations we've had with yourself, uh, even if you do some research online and you said a globally, which is the, the big piece, but just, you said the different fields of it. And you know, in our world, we're really just tuned into the engine side, you on highway, some off highway stuff, but you know, it's a little, little segment. It's a very visible segment for you guys, obviously just by nature of what it is. Um, yeah, and you guys have a large presence in that market, right? With regards to, you know, the on-highway for your, you know, the Class 8 equipment and then down to the medium duty, um, you know, your market share is impressive for for what you guys bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so in the last couple of years on the medium duty side, and kind of break that down for the listeners, um, heavy duty and medium duty are the two kind of buckets that we work within in the on-highway uh, field. Um, and so we break the, the threshold there is uh, 10 liter and below is classified as medium duty, so 10 liter displacement, and then above that is heavy duty. Um, so, I mean, the last couple of years, it's been a great success for, it's a story for us on the medium duty side. We've been able to to capture anywhere between 75 to uh, like just over 80% of the market uh, within North America. It's, and that's why, and we, I mean, we see it. I mean, our, our whole medium duty product line is, is exclusively Cummins, right? Yeah. Um, and then as we go into this year, into 2020, it's an exciting time with regards to the, the 15 liter product. You yep. know, you, you've got some changes there that, you know, we, we've talked to briefly, but it's, you know, I, I want to kind of dive into a bit more of, you know, what that platform looks like uh, going forward. Yeah. So in 2020, um, our X15 has a new series called the Productivity, which helps to complement the efficiency and the performance series. Um, and basically, it's just going to have uh, the option for the for the end user to spec uh, more, more uh, rating options, more horsepower options. And so some of the, the, the three key items that we've got laser focus on for 2020, uh, number one, total cost of ownership, number two, fuel economy, and that's always been a big ticket item. And uh, number three, and I'm starting to see it being, you know, even more important than fuel economy is, is uptime. Yeah, and uptime, I mean, that's been the key word for years. Um, you know, before it was always, you know, limiting downtime, but which is just relates to uptime and that's that's the focus for every fleet is keeping the trucks on the road uh giving the owners visibility to how they do that and obviously the product that keeps it going and one of the pieces i found interesting as i came, came over here and started talking about your product was the after treatment system you know it's uh everyone was kind of using a similar design and you know it, it, it that was seems to be the kind of the crutch that kind of failed for a lot of the technology as it, as it came on with all the epa regulations and it seems, you know, with regards to your system, a, a little bit more simplified, which then goes back to one of your key focuses, which is obviously total cost, bring some cost down. We got, you know, simplification in the parts and accessibility to servicing the parts and then increasing uptime by not failing as much. And, you know, I'm not sure if anyone's really aware of, of what that system kind of entails, If you know, what what's different versus kind of, you know, what's out there in the industry today. Yeah. So like you say, it took almost a decade for, for the industry as a whole to figure it out. I mean... All these, you know, new after treatment components started essentially, and we'll call it 07. Um, and it took about a decade for us to really figure out and dial in, get them more efficient. So in 2017, we released something called single module after treatment. And what that did, it, you know, it, it freed up some frame space. It made it a little bit lighter, and it just increased efficiency due to um, um, easier flow pattern for the exhaust stream um, and uh, a much more efficient uh, way of injecting um, the urea fluid that's uh, injected into the in front of the SCR. And that's, I mean, that's the other piece I mean catches the weight right so i mean everyone's fuel efficient fuel conscious and you know weight 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 so a key item that's needed you know with regards to epa standards but you found a way to do it, you know with some weight savings and the other part i like you, you talk about cost of ownership and another piece i think that a lot of guys don't see because you see product 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 it's it's the after support and the other things you guys bring to the table for the end user to be able to manage their fleet and, and have that uptime. And, you know, you looked at the the diagnostics, remote diagnostics, fleet management, and you guys have, so, you know, a fleet of tools that, you know, you can put in people's hands to kind of oversee and, and, and watch their fleet. 
Right. So that's called Connected Solutions. And we're able to access the truck over the air through the fleet's telematics uh, service provider. Um, There's three components to that, one being uh, Connected Diagnostics, which is going to enable the fault codes that once a fault code's triggered, um, it can be pushed to um, a portal or a mobile app. The other is Connected Advisor, so it can basically um, provide a health check uh, of the entire fleet to a fleet operator, um, just so we can see first thing in the morning, flip open the app, and uh, you know see if one unit needs to be serviced soon. If another unit's got maybe a um, a, a fault code that can be addressed in uh, in a couple of days, and then the um, third component, which is which is very new and, and uh, I believe it's got some serious strength to it, is uh, connected software updates. And so when Cummins releases a software update, um, you know currently a, a, a unit's got to get into a dealership to have that update. Um, push to it um, and sometimes they're going in there because there's a fault code and the fault code's active sometimes because you know we've we've made changes with the software and we've we've tightened up a threshold so that fault code maybe didn't need to uh, need to exist so in this case now um, we've got the opportunity for the ser- for the fleet manager to see that a, a unit requires a software update and then they can um, they can push that software update to the truck over the cloud and the driver's got an opportunity to to push it to the ECM on his own and that's wild because the the technology is is increased so much on the trucks on the engine where you know you, I mean from your background going back to when you started where it was pure mechanical it's almost fully electrical now you know and a lot like you said a lot of these fault codes you have guys coming in for something that probably isn't anything major but without you know realizing they have access to this other technology you know at their shop or even just for a fleet manager doesn't necessarily have to you know full bricks and mortar shop at least they can di- diagnose it on the go give their guys some direction like you said increase the uptime by keeping trucks out of the shop. Maybe it's just an update, can do it overnight. But now they can manage the fleet a lot better where before red light comes on, orange light comes on, oh, get the truck to the shop. It's there for a week while they kind of get it in, get it out. Um, you know, those days are going. The technology is kind of creating a little bit more visibility to what's going on in the engine that we didn't always have before. Um, but now the technology is also catching up to giving the end user control of how to manage and mitigate some of that that issues. So it's the technology is, is impressive. And as we talk about, you know, that you, now we're into, you know, the next generation of EPA, you know, standards coming down the line. Where, where are we with the engines and what's, what do we see on the future as far as power? So the next EPA regulation comes in 2021 and that's going to be really based all around fuel economy. So lowering greenhouse gas emissions by trucks burning less fuel. Um, one success where we've got with our current X15 efficiency in 2020, we're actually going to meet that we're not going to certify early, but we're actually going to meet that standard a year early. So um, 2020 X15 efficiency will actually have a 3.5% fuel economy increase just on the base uh, base engine alone. So where we've previously seen EPA changes start, you know, either capturing particulate or lowering NOx emissions, and we're adding components onto the onto the truck, which have, you know, um, added maintenance components and, and increased costs to the customer. This EPA standard, while it also helps the environment, but it's also going to um, um, lower costs for the end user. Okay, well, I mean, that's exciting to know that, you know, the, the EPA coming out is is going to be a little bit more leaner for guys and not expecting so much uh, impact, you know, financially, maintenance-wise. Um, so that's one positive outlook for, for 2021. For 2020, you and I personally, we, ha- we have, uh, we, we share an enjoyment of, of F1. So the season will be ramping up soon. And we've got two Canadians finally this year to cheer for, which is kind of nice. Um, what are your takes on the season this year? What are we, what are we looking at? 
Yeah, looking forward to see a couple of Canadians out on the out on the grid. That's gonna be really cool. Um, a couple of driver lineups as well, I'm, or driver pairings. I'm anxious to see happen, and I think my team is gonna do even a little better than they did last year. Yeah, I think you got a shot this year. I think the Red Bull boys <laughs> and that Honda powered engine is going to uh, take us to the next level. So. I'm surprised it's finally made it back. I mean, you know, when they first came back, it was disastrous. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. Anytime you bring something in new, you've got some product issues and you got to work through the bugs, bugs. And, uh, Thankfully, we came on board with it once all the bugs were worked out. So. Yeah, no, and it, it's a perfect time. So it, it should be an exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it ties into our world, you know, right there. I mean, the key thing, engines, right? You know, different different technology, but at the core, it's, it's the heart of what we do. So it's a bond that joins us, you know, from a sporting point of view and from a, a work point of view. So I, I thank you for, for being on today and sharing, you know, everything that, that is Cummins and as well your background. I think... The background, I, I think, is huge because it, it, again, you know, to reiterate it, it opens up a world for people who think hey, I'm just doing automotive. You know, look at other paths. I know we 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 try and and, and recruit, you know, uh, at the young age to get into our dealerships. I know everyone else kind of does, but knowing that there's a work path and where it can lead you to, and it's not necessarily always just strictly on the mechanical side. It can, you can dive into, like you said, sales, parts, management, run your own company, be your own, your own boss. It's you know. The, it's limitless, but you got to start somewhere. And I think, you know, let, let the youth know that, hey, there's a path this way that you, you can go and it opens up a lot of doors. So thank you again for, for joining us today on this podcast. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Um, more than ever, I think the collaborations and the partnerships that the OEMs and the vendors have to support the, the fleets out there is, is, is really important. So appreciate uh, appreciate the invitation to come and join you for the discussion. Well said. Thank you very much. Well, that concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Antonio from Cummins. I remind you to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I'll be sure to post some upcoming dates on our website at rushtruckcenters.ca. Until next time, thanks for listening.